Our first reading today comes from Psalm 77. I cry aloud to the Lord, aloud to God, that he may hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out with wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is so great as our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have displayed your might among the peoples. With your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. The very depth trembled. The clouds poured out water, the skies thundered. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your ways was through the sea, your path through the mighty waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is the word of the Lord. Our second scripture reading this morning is Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 1 and verses 13 through 25. Hear the word of God. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, Take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. So this letter to the Galatians was written by our Apostle Paul. And it was written around 50 or 70 AD, and the letter was written primarily to combat the Judaizers, if you will, who had infiltrated the church at Galatia and were trying to bring a number of the Old Testament um, rituals, ceremonial practices, into the New Testament church. They also argued that Paul was not a genuine apostle and sought to undermine Paul's authority. 
Paul refuted this by establishing his apostolic authority and, and substantiating the gospel that he preached. Now, you heard me when I was talking with the kids up here, I kept saying fruits, fruits of the spirits. They say that there were several things that you needed to do to have that, that, that idea that we are the followers of Christ, that we needed to do these nine things. We had to have these nine qualities to be that follower. Well, if you listen to Donna real closely, what she said was fruit. It was singular, which means we have no choice in which fruits we want to pick. We have to have all nine of those things. We have to have that, that love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are commentaries out there that say that if you don't have all nine of these traits, all nine of these characteristics, then you are not a Christian. Well, I can't believe that. Because one of the things that I have learned, I'm an Old Testament buff, but one of the things that I've always learned, that we will always be and loved by God as long as we love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our soul. And we will inherit that kingdom. Now, some of the commentaries dispute that because they're going on all that New Testament stuff. But I got to go with what God told us back in the Old Testament. Again, if you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, even if you're lacking one of those nine traits, as long as you love God, then you will inherit the kingdom. The nine spirits, love. Love is very important. You see, in the Greek, in the New Testament, that word love is actually agape. The agape love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for us. He gave that love which is unconditional. And God gives us that unconditional love. And we are to do our best at giving that unconditional love to others. Now, it's easy to give that unconditional love to a, to a child. You will love that child no matter what they do. That doesn't mean you will like them all the time but it means that you will love them unconditionally. That agape love is so hard to attain, so hard, yet God does it with each and every one of us every day and every moment of our lives. And all God is saying is that we need to try to attain that same agape love for the others around us. And yes, that means even the stranger. We're supposed to have joy. Now, joy is more than happiness. Sometimes when you think of joy, when we say our joys and concerns, like we're happy that, that we have Terry here today. We're happy that we have a new, newborn child that's gonna be baptized someday in our church. We're happy for the visitors from down south or from Washington. We're happy that people are here we have joy that they have joined us today, but it's more, that joy is more than happiness. You see, because it's not based on financial success or, or good health or popularity, but in believing in God, obeying God's will, 
receiving God's forgiveness, participating in fellowship with other believers, ministering to others and sharing the gospel. You see, when we do that, then we experience joy. Happiness depends upon circumstances, whereas joy does not. Joy is seen in what was once lost spiritually is now found. Remember the story of the lost sheep. Jesus left the other 99 to go find this one sheep that was lost. And when he found the sheep, he put it on his shoulders and he rejoiced. He had joy in his heart. Just like the father and the prodigal son, where the son finally came home, the son came home humbled, just asking that his father would take him in under his roof again, even though he knew that he did wrong to his father. And his father came running, running down to see his son with pure joy in his heart because the son that he thought he lost had returned home. That is joy. It's more than happiness. It's what's in the heart. Then we need the fruit of the spirit of peace. Now, peace is a state of assurance. It's a lack of fear. It's a sense of contentment. It is fellowship and harmony and unity between individuals. Peace is freedom from worry, disturbance or oppressive thoughts. And our deepest peace is peace with God. Our deepest restlessness is in that broken relationship that we have with God. Now, peace is very hard. Peace is very hard to attain in my mind because we all worry. Mary Ann worries about Dawn and Eric and Dylan. Now, yesterday we had a lot of joy because Eric and Dawn got married, but there's always the concern. It's a mother's worry for her child. It's a grandmother's worry for the grandchild. That peace, that worrying can almost keep us away from that relationship with God. One of the things that I've always learned is that little cliche where it says, let go, let God. But that means we would have to give up control. Well, it's amazing that one of the other fruits of the spirits is self-control. We have to give that up. We have to give up our control that we want to take care of everything and let God take care of everything and realize that it is God's plan for us to do that. It was God's plan for Eric and Dawn to be married. It is God's plan that we are to follow, not our own plan. And then there's that patience. We want everything done yesterday. Patience is a slowness in avenging wrongs. It is the quality of restraint that prevents believers from speaking or acting hastily in the face of disagreement, opposition, or persecution. It means bearing rudeness and unkindness and refusing to retaliate. It means turning the other cheek, just as Christ did. This is not natural for us. 
I'm not saying that we always want that eye for an eye, but you know, sometimes you just wanna get back at a person that has hurt you, that has wronged you. Sometimes during my life, I have met people that hold a grudge for so long that it takes all of their energy that they can't. There's no way if they have all that anger within them that they can let God be a, the, the main force in their life. The main force in their life is that anger. We're to have patience and be able to get rid of that and to, to forgive. Forgiving doesn't always mean forgetting, though complete forgiveness does. But we're to have patience with people. We're supposed to be kind to that person, which is again one of those fruits. Kindness is an eagerness to put others at ease. It is a sweet and attractive temperament that, that shows friendly regard, even to those who may not have shown that back to us. Just because somebody is mean to you doesn't mean you need to be mean back. Just because somebody has refused to say hello to you as you're passing doesn't mean you can't say hello to them. Because maybe, just maybe, by you being kind, that will make them kind to the next person. And then there's goodness. Goodness is this selfless desire to be open-hearted and generous to others above what they deserve. We have a lot of people in our lives that just don't deserve a whole lot of our time, or a whole lot of our patience, or a whole lot of our kindness. But if we have that goodness of heart that the Spirit has given us, the Spirit has given us that gift of goodness, then it all flows right into line. Faithfulness is another one of those hard things to to have all the time. You know, faithfulness is a firm devotion to God, loyalty to friends, and dependability to carry out responsibilities. And I think sometimes that first one, that faithfulness to God, is one of the hardest things to do. You heard me say that with Dylan and with Eli and stuff. That faithfulness is to rely on God, that God will always take care of everything that I need, will take my worries away. When things are bad, that God will be there. My friend Beth is going through a hard time right now because, again, the mother-in-law just passed away and her mom was admitted to the hospital all within a 24-hour period. And I could picture, even though she's a pastor, that her faith is shaken just, just a little bit. But if we are to show that fruit of the Spirit, then we are to have that faithfulness. And then there's the gentleness. Gentleness is, is a humble, non-threatening demeanor that derives from a position of strength and authority. Gentleness is not a weakness. Again, it comes from a sense of authority and strength. You can always be gentle. And then self-control is to restrain one's emotions and actions and desires and to be in harmony with the will of God. To know that God is in control of our lives, not us. No matter how hard we try, 
God is in control. It's living for God, not oneself. These nine characteristics have been gifted to each and every one of us by the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of us have these nine things. We have that agape love within us. We have that joy and the peace and the patience and the goodness and the kindness and the generosity and the uh, gentleness and self-control. It's there. But sometimes we forget that we have them all and we float over here or over there. But I still believe that we know that they're in there. They're in our hearts. They're in our being. And again, for some of those commentaries to say that if you don't show all this all the time, that you are not a Christian, see, I have a hard time with that. Because we are human. We are to be Christ-like. We are to walk in Christ's footsteps but we are still human and we have faults. You heard about those faults in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. You heard about those faults and you know what? They were human. They screwed up. Adam and Eve screwed up, but God showed mercy. Just as God shows mercy with us every day and in every moment of our lives. We are to strive to embody these nine gifts. We are to strive to show these to all those around us, even when they may not be shown to us. We are to strive and do our best to use these gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us because we had no choice. We couldn't pick and choose which ones we wanted. We got them all. And if we do not use those gifts, then they are wasted. Except in the process, you may be hurting somebody else if not using those gifts. You heard in the scripture about we don't have to follow the law. Because if we have these nine gifts and we use these nine gifts, the law doesn't come into play. Then we've done everything right. We have done everything according to God's will. That sole commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. If we do all these nine gifts and use these nine gifts, then we will always love our neighbors as much as we love ourselves because we will show that love and that joy and the patience and the kindness and gentleness. We will show all of those things. The fruits of the, spirits, of the spirit is hard. Being a Christian is hard which is why we have to work at it every day. And my hope and my prayer is if we see somebody floating off here to the side and forgetting 
those gifts that have been given to them that we can gently bring them back and talk to them and say, what's going on? Why are you feeling like this? Because that is what God would want us to do, to show patience with that person and be honest with that person. God is working through each and every one of us. God wants those gifts to be used, not one at a time, but all together. And if we do that, then there is no doubt that we will inherit the kingdom. Amen and amen. As you leave this place, know that those nine things, those nine words, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the generosity, the goodness, the kindness, and self-control, did I get them all? That was good. Whew, are in our hearts. The Spirit gave them to us freely, and we are to use them freely for all of those around us. And it's all there. And again, may the shalom of God and the love and compassion of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.